When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pawn save the queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. It is a bit of a different episode this week because Zoe Forsey has taken a well-earned break. I am Russell Myers. I'm your stand-in host. But back by popular demand, I have welcomed with me today Ian Vogler, mirror photographer. How are you? I'm really good, Russell. How are you? I'm all right. There is an awful lot going on this week, an awful lot to talk about. I mean, you know, we will try and provide some light within the darkness because, of course, the whole news agenda is being dominated by one story, and that is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, of course, there has been um, wall-to-wall coverage throughout the last few days. And uh, and the royals have, have had... You know something to do with that so we will touch upon that in due course but i just wanted to kick off with some good news which is that the queen has returned to work after her little bout of covid um i mean i say little i mean it's, it's, it's obviously quite a thing to be going uh through when you're especially when you're 95 years old however we were reassured right at the beginning that the queen was just feeling a little under the weather. She was suffering from mild cold-like symptoms. But I do think sometimes we forget that she's 95 years old. She'd had a little bit of ill health towards the end of last year. And um, and it's great to see the Queen back. She was back doing some video calls yesterday, back in action, taking some uh, virtual audiences with the ambassadors of Andorra and Chad. Um, did you see her, Ian? I thought looking rather well. Yeah, yeah I saw that uh, clip yesterday. Yeah, looking good. Good to see that she's uh, back and able to do things again. Yeah, she met def- with her family, didn't she, on the weekend? We think. Yes, that, that was a you know that good reports that she was at Frogmore. Um, let's say Frogmore Cottage, of course. Frogmore is is sort of the grounds of where Harry and Meghan's. Uh, I suppose they still own it, don't they? So, yeah, Harry and Meghan's place on the Windsor estate. The Queen was taking a walk around um, Frogmore with some of her family. Uh, the Cambridges were there, which was quite interesting. I think you've seen seen these reports of gathering gathering some speed that the uh, the Cambridges are, are looking to, to move to Berkshire. Yeah, that keeps coming up, doesn't it? Lots of people are talking about lots of different properties, but uh, we haven't seen anything concrete yet, have we? No, I suppose it's a, you know it is an interesting point because being out in Norfolk and Mahal, it's quite a long way to go. Um, unless you're going to and from Norfolk in a chopper, um, it's quite a long way to go just for the weekend. And I think that if they were to move to Berkshire, it would kind of make sense that they keep the working base at Kensington Palace. No doubt, Windsor Castle has been earmarked for the family in due course, but I, I think that's still quite a long way off. But um, I think there's no secret that there's these, these rumours are gathering pace. Definitely looking at schools in the area. Um, I mean, George is, what, how old now? Eight, probably 
sort of thing that when your children get to that stage, you'll, you'll know. When you start looking at secondary school for them, about nine, ten. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one then because then you've got you're going to have some in, some of the children in primary, and George going into secondary. So you know you can't be in schools in London and Windsor. So they either move the whole all the kids to Windsor or not. It's a complicated one, isn't it? Well, you say that. I mean, that that was one of the things I read at the weekend, that they may decide to keep Charlotte and uh, and Louis uh, in school in London and then um, put, 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 uh, put George in secondary school in Berkshire. But, I mean, if you're getting a, a motorcade to school, it's, it's not the same as you or I being stuck in traffic for 26-odd miles. But... Um, Watch your space, I suppose. I, I think that's something that, that, that may happen in the future. Maybe not yet. As I said, an awful lot of things going on at the moment. Great to see the Queen back. Um, there are a lot of things in her diary. Um, the Diplomatic Corps reception was supposed to happen tonight at Windsor Castle. And that's normally the big tie and tiara ball everybody gets excited about. It's normally some fantastic pictures to be had of that event. However, it had already been scaled down um, and has now been cancelled on the advice of the Foreign Office. Now, understandably, there, as I've mentioned, Ukraine is dominating the agenda, both the news agenda and um, governments all across Europe. So it, it stands to reason that that would be something that the Queen took the opportunity to, to reschedule that for a later date. Um, I mean, probably fits in with the Queen still recovering from COVID. The the, the things in her diary, apart from a couple of uh, in-person engagements, are not until the week after next. So you've got the um, Commonwealth Day service at Westminster Abbey on Monday, the 14th of March. And then much later, I think it's the 28th, no, 29th of March, you have... Uh, the Duke of Edinburgh's memorial stroke Thanksgiving service that the, the, the Queen and the rest of the royals will be looking to be at. But with the ever-changing situation, I think that um, yeah, things, things can be moved at a moment's notice. Now, in, uh, in regards to, to, to Ukraine, um, Prince Charles was one of the, I say one of the, the first, I sort of got pulled up on this yesterday. However, I think that We'll come to the other statements of, of uh, William and Kate and indeed Harry and Meghan on Ukraine. However, um, Prince Charles is speaking out yesterday. I mean, about the, the threat to democracy, uh, calling Russia's invasion of Ukraine brutal. Um, I mean, this is a Prince Charles has got form for speaking out about President Putin and um, and Russia, can once comparing him to Hitler back in 2014. Do, do, do you remember that story? Because it created quite a bit of, a, you know, quite a stir at the time. Yeah, there was a lot of um, accusations flying at the time that the report, you know, wasn't true and he hadn't said it. But, you know, we, we know who wrote that story and we know that, that that's true. He said it, you know. Prince yeah, an interesting, an interesting uh, point. It was before my time, but I do, I do remember, remember the story, and it was, uh, you know, it, it came across from a woman he'd been, he'd been speaking to, and it was at a reception in Canada, and he was talking to a seventy-eight-year-old Polish woman who had escaped the the Holocaust by 
sailing to Canada in 1939, just before um, Germany had seized the city of Gdansk. And um, the Daily Mail quoted him, uh, quoted the lady at the time, rather, said I'd finished showing him the exhibit, talking about Charles, and talked with him about my own family background and how I came to Canada. This was Marine Marine Ferguson was quoted as saying. And then the prince said, and now Putin is doing just about the same as Hitler. And that was in reference to, to Russia's annexation of Crimea at the time. And now we, what are we now, seven years later, um, we've got Charles speaking out again. Now, yesterday he was at the official um, unveiling of South End on Sea, which is a, a place, what county is South End on? Essex. Essex. Yeah, so, so it's sort of seaside, seaside resort in, uh, in England. Um, Shocked to fame, really, because tragically, in October, the late MP of the town, a man called Sir David Amos, who had been uh, the the MP for for many, many years, was tragically murdered at one of his surgeries. And um, one of his main campaigns, indeed, he he spoke about this at any given opportunity, uh, was to make South End a city, and it was one of his his big campaigns. And, and on the unfortunate occurrence of his death, the Queen announced that South End would be granted city status. So Charles and Camilla were there yesterday to, to at the ceremony to mark the um, uh, mark South End on Sea becoming a city. And not only did he pay tribute to, to Sir David Amos's work uh, within the city, his um, the way he had carried himself. So strong words there from Charles. And certainly we'd had Prince William and Kate making a statement on Twitter at the weekend uh, talking about how they stood in solidarity with the people of Ukraine, had said that, uh, well, referenced that in October 2020, we had the privilege to meet the President Zelensky and the First Lady to learn of their hope and optimism for Ukraine's future. Today, we stand with the president and all of Ukraine's people as they bravely fight for that future. And of course, in recent days, the, the fighting has hugely intensified. And I thought it was quite interesting how the, the, the language of William and Kate's statement, as opposed to you know, Charles really wading in and um, you know, calling the, the, the invasion brutal, uh, saying that not only would they, we stood in solidarity with those res- re- resisting the aggression, but... Um, talking about how the, how the values are, are under attack. Um, I thought that was quite interesting about this is, there had been calls be, for the Queen to make a statement. And of course, she had been suffering from COVID. Do you think this is another example of the a changing of the guard that we're seeing William and, and, and certainly Charles stepping up? Yeah, it very much looks that way, doesn't it? I mean, as we know, Prince Charles is studies these things very carefully. Remember the, the letters he used to write to various politicians. Uh, he's got his finger on the pulse here. He knows uh, what most of us are thinking, that this is abhorrent, wrong, it should never have happened, that it needs to, it needs to stop now because, you know, Ukraine is just another country, one of our, it's only about two and a half hours flying time from London, and they're basically being you know, attacked and potentially invaded by, by their neighbours. It's just wrong. And I'm, I'm really glad that he's spoken out in this way. And as far as the Queen goes, I can't think of, if there's an actual it's a war, there is a war in Ukraine. When there's a war, when there's sort of foreign armies rolling in, I think the Queen has spoken in, in the past. I'm not sure 
where she stands on, on talking about matters like this. But it's good to see Prince Charles taking a stand, isn't it? Well, it is. And uh, quite interesting that he it wasn't through a statement. Um, the, the Cambridge's Twitter post was, was very, very personal, talking about solidarity with the people, referencing that they had met the president and his wife in, um, in recent years. And by... by so, Attaching it to the to the values that Sir David Amos had, most notably marking his tr- tragic assassination as well, but then referencing what the Ukrainian people are, are, are grow- going through, an act of brutality, as he put it, um, resisting brutal aggression, was was quite clever. Again, I didn't really know how whether the Queen would make a statement on it, whether that would be appropriate in um, such an ever-changing situation. It seems to be that that is up for heads of government to do rather than heads of state. Um, but again, Charles using the opportunity because of where he was and uh, and the nature of who he was speaking about is was, was, was I thought, quite, um, quite interesting. Now... Obviously, Harry and Meghan were straight out the blocks. Um, a bit of debate about whether whether it carries any weight. I mean, it's an interesting point because I, I looked back at the statement and I'll just read it for you because they were, I think it was, gosh, less than a couple of days after the invasion had started. And, and on Archwell, they put Prince Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, and all of us at Archwell stand with the people of Ukraine against this breach of international and humanitarian law and encourage the global community and its leaders to do the same. Now, um, that's pretty valid, I suppose. You've got a lot of A-list celebrities, um, for good or bad, wading into the situation. Again, we're having the conversation of whether indeed the royal family should be making comments like this. Um, I think the, 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 the relative merits are there, but should should Harry and Meghan? I mean, they were, they were given an, an award for tremendous, outstanding public service at the weekend. Um, is this something that we're we're going to see? That was quite interesting that they they said all of us at Archwell, so referencing the fact that they're part of a bigger group than just them. What, what did you think of it? And, uh, I think the and all of us at Archwell. I just didn't know what to make of that really. Yeah. Who, who you know who who is that? Another two people, another four people, another hundred. I don't know. Um, yeah, they feel that they need to say these things. I think they put themselves in a, you know, they're trying to be A-list Hollywood people now. And I suppose you're, in that situation, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You, yeah, I think that. To, a... to be fair, you, you, you're right. I mean, if they didn't, then people would probably ask why they hadn't. And if they if they did, then they'd have obviously come into some criticism. I'm just going to reference the fact that I've dragged you away from another job and you're, you're in a very glamorous location of a shopping centre, which is probably why we can hear a bit of background. <laughs> yeah, there's, but, a, there's yeah. a bit of noise. I'm, I'm actually, I've got a couple of days off this week and I've ended up in a shopping centre, but you know, it's so, it's great to be on Pod Duty calls. Well, save well, we, me ringing my mum because she listens in. So, uh, <laughs> we appreciate uh, we appreciate it's a double you. whammy. But Your yeah, time. it's um, I don't know. I did look at the art art thing, and I just couldn't work out whether what it means and what it and, and what it doesn't mean. I mean, recently, I I've got some old cameras. One one in particular was given to me by my son, and it happens to be Russian. And a few months ago, I sent it to Russia to be refurbished because there's no one in this country that can refurbish it. And 
amazingly, it actually came back via the post office on like the first day of the invasion. And uh, the guy messaged me and said, you know, have you got it back? And I said, yeah, you know, um, thanks for sending it back in the difficult times. And he sent me a lovely message going, look, I might be Russian, but this is just appalling. I don't want this to happen. Not in my name, not, not by my country. And uh, he pointed me to some Facebook posts. So I think we have to, you know, remember that Russian people are Russian people and the Russian government is, is, is separate and they don't necessarily have the freedom to speak out. Hundreds of Russian people were arrested for demonstrating just last week, uh, you know, against the war. So, you know, we have to be thankful, stately, obviously, we are free to demonstrate. And thank God our government isn't doing anything like this at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something we're going to see more of because more and more people taking to the streets in Russia, um, I mean, just cannot get away from the the wall-to-wall news coverage at the moment and my absolute admiration as i know yours does as well because in for, in former lives we were news news reporters news journalists um and the the bravery of the men and women who are going out to these um situations these war zones to to bring you these stories can never be underestimated and uh, i i think it's going to get an awful lot more um tragic and challenging in in the in the in the next few weeks so they are, all of our thoughts are, are with them what i did think was just bringing it back to 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 the royals it was very interesting that i saw two things that were noticed that's what we tried to go under the radar because they weren't announced. We saw them in the court circular that William had visited MI5 last week and then had a meeting with the defence minister in a, all within 24 hour, 36 hour time frame. Just bringing it back to, to, to the royals, I think what was very interesting last week, the couple of things that nearly went under the radar, we, we spotted them in the court circular that uh, Prince William had been visiting MI6. He'd done that previously in 2019, where he'd shadowed a few of the operatives for a period of time. And then a couple of days later last week, he was meeting with the defence minister. So very, very interesting timing. One would assume Ukraine, Ukraine related. Certainly people at the palace were saying that these appointments were, were long in the diary. But the timing, very, very interesting. What did you make of it? So you're, what, you're trying to tell me that? William puts on some sort of wig and glasses in disguise <laughs> yes. and, and shadows some spooks. Somewhere. He's called Red Fox. <laughs> Does he borrow his dad's Aston Martin again? Like, like to be like James <laughs> I imagine he was sitting in uh, Green Park, with, <laughs> peering over a newspaper. With a copy of the Beano, picking <laughs> up secret <laughs> with messages. With a trilby hat on, <laughs> yeah. Are you quite interested that he's... He's obviously got a, a, an interest in this field. And why wouldn't you? God, if you, if you had that sort of access, then you would be taking every opportunity that you could use, wouldn't you? And certainly, very interested in global affairs. Um, we've been to the Middle East with him. Certainly had those conversations with people close to him that he's very, very interested in the Middle East. And this is, gosh, this is a total different kettle of fish now, isn't it? With uh, the threat of... Uh, a potential new war, world war. Um, certainly, the the foreign minister was interior minister of Russia was saying a potential of a, a nuclear war, which would be absolutely devastating. Nuclear World War Three um, conflict, which would be absolutely devastating. So interesting that that Prince William is is, is um, still tapped into this. I think. 
Yeah, he seems to be uh, getting himself involved in, in many different aspects of life. Yeah, if he's been hanging out with the Secret Service, that's quite interesting, isn't it, to see how they operate. I know that um, they're not as secret as it used to be. We get to know who the directors are and, and so on, but I don't know. It's a very, uh, like you say, it came at you through the court circular, kind of under the radar. Yeah, we'd like to one, get, uh, be good to get a briefing diary. on it, really, to a, a proper, yeah. proper understanding of what he's doing. But I, I suppose then that negates the, the the work of the the secret intelligence service somewhat, doesn't it? Because Do you think it, it probably up on his uh, iPhone calendar. Like, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> meet, yeah. meet Clive, <laughs> Clive X, or something. Um, just just while we're sticking with Ukraine, uh, President Zelensky did write yesterday his, uh, his support taken to Twitter to say that he and his wife, Alina, were very grateful for the support of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. And he said, um, indeed, that Alina and I are grateful to the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge that at this crucial time when Ukraine is courageously opposing Russia's invasion, they stand by our country and support our brave citizens. I mean, the bravery of this man is just absolutely extraordinary, standing up in the face of these aggressors. Um, it's very difficult to see the end game at the moment, isn't it? I mean, the the the, the news is just so so heavy. Um, I suppose it's such an ever ever changing situation. I did wonder whether there would be sort of a cascade of cancellation of of royal events. Could you could you ever foresee the cancellation of the Cambridges? tour to the Caribbean, for instance, if it, if it, if it got worse? Well, I think um, it would have to be a lot. I think it'd have to be a different scenario. Yeah, I mean, like flying there, I'm sure that there's a safe way of flying them there. I just, yeah, it depends really. It depends on the mood of the, of, of the nation, as it were, in the lead up to that. If, if this crisis intensifies, would they say, right, do we need to be, uh, you know, joining a sports event in the Caribbean when this awful thing's going mm. on in Central Europe, Eastern Europe. We should, it's, it's possibly down to the visual, isn't it? If this intensifies, then maybe uh, they would curtail some things because it doesn't seem right, does it? Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, I've been thinking about it. I've been, oh, Obviously, we, we still are awaiting the full details. Um, the dates have been publicised around the 19th of March to the about the 26th that the Cambridges are going to be visiting Belize, Jamaica and the Bahamas. Now, of course, this is a great opportunity for the Royals to be out. Um, two years of COVID, no foreign trips certainly of this magnitude have been uh, allowed to take place. And then... It just potentially it's a it's a it's a situation of optics. I'm sure those conversations will be happening in the palace. You also have this on the backdrop of the of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, and and no doubt the Queen wants her family to get out um, across the Commonwealth to the realms. You've also got an issue about a country like Jamaica, who has made quite significant noises about becoming a republic. We were in Barbados. Just a few months ago, um, at the, the the ceremony of Barbados becoming a republic, so could that could that sort of be a cascade of countries wanting to do that? Is it important for people like um, you know the younger the Queen's younger generation, like William and Kate, to get out there and um, and to and to be seen to be working within the realms? 
listen, I don't have the answers at the moment, and I'm sure that um, the conversations will be happening because just last week as well, there were some other some other royal tours announced. Uh, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall off to Ireland in March. Quite surprising that that's along the same dates as the uh, the Cambridges in the Caribbean. I thought. Yeah, it's interesting. They don't normally clash, do they? But um, that one sort of seems to interwoven, interwoven isn't it? Yeah, it's a, bit, it's a strange one because I think we mentioned last week about this councillors of state issue that you've got the four councillors of state that are currently in place, Charles, William, Andrew and Harry. Obviously, and Harry and Andrew are no longer working royals. Um, bit of background, just in case we hadn't covered this before, that the, the councillors of state essentially help the Queen sign off on matters of the state. And if she was to be incapacitated, as she has been in recent months with, uh, with health scares, then there are normally two councillors of state who sign off on official business. Now, if two of those councillors of state are no longer working royals and the other two are away abroad on behalf of the foreign office or, 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 or the crown, then it just seems utterly bizarre that there has not been some movement to try and replace Harry and, uh, and Andrew, which the palace are still, still not relenting on it. Just, they're, they're just saying it isn't, it isn't a conversation that they're having with the government now, which I find just absolutely extraordinary. But um, other, ro- other tours that are happening, uh, ca- carrying on the Caribbean theme, we've got Prince Edward and Sophie, off to Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines from April 22nd to 28th. I mean, we should probably offer our services. That's a lot in six days, isn't it? It is, it? yeah. I mean, there's one, two, three, four. Yeah, four islands, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a whirlwind tour in, what is it? Six, yeah, six days, I suppose. 22nd to the 28th. Then you've got Princess Anne, who is going um, to the Royal... Easter show in Sydney on behalf of the Queen and then is going to be visiting Papua New Guinea from April the 11th to the 13th. So there are there are a lot of tours happening, a lot of things in place for the future. It just seems, you know, we're just living in such bizarre times at the moment. I'm sure that there is going to be an awful lot of chopping and changing um, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. Perhaps on a lighter note, I want to ask you if you saw the pictures of the Cambridges in Wales yesterday for St David's Day. Yeah, lovely traditional daffodils, some sunshine, just looked lovely, didn't it? Shame I wasn't there, but... Yeah, they were doing a couple of interesting points on this, and this is what tells you that even though we've just been discussing Ukraine, that things have to still progress, and I'm sure that the Royals are are trying to make, make the best of things as they stand, and one of those issues is trying to get out to the communities around the UK. Uh, we're talking about big royal tours, but work is carrying on at home as well. And certainly they were visiting um, areas uh, in Wales, South Wales, that have been affected by the coronavirus crisis, still struggling to get back on their feet in the pandemic. Certainly rural communities like they were visiting yesterday. Uh, lovely pictures, Kate messing around with some of the, some of the lambs. Did you see, this is absolutely extraordinary. She revealed that she'd looked into some of her family tree and apparently one of her 
former ancestors was a very successful goat herder. Really? <laughs> Fantastic. I don't know how you quantify successful. I don't. I was, it, I was just about to say exactly the same thing. Who's, who is doing the, uh, the, the marking of the, how successful a goat herder you are? But one of the other things I really liked was after the Six Nations rugby game at the weekend, great pictures of uh, William and Kate drawn together for the first time because Kate has recently taken on the patronages of uh, the England Rugby Football Union and the Rugby Football League. And of course, um, Prince William is the patron of the Welsh Rugby Football Union. But very interesting that who was Prince George going, whose side was he going to be on? I'm sure loyalty mm. worse bit. But uh, if there was any doubt, because he will become Prince of Wales at one stage, William did reveal that he is on his side. So one would presume that Kate will be trying to get the other two on her side because there's an awful lot of uh, friendly rivalry, should we say, in the uh, in the Kensington household when it comes to the rugby. Yeah, I think that um, Wales had the upper hand there. The result didn't go their way, but I think a lot of people felt that they were the better team on the day. But they were, they actually. Some great pitches. Yeah, they were. They were. They were unfortunate. Unfortunate to lose the the game. It was a a, de- a decent a decent matchup, nevertheless. So, at least because I felt sorry for George. Remember when we lost in the the final of the Euros? It absolutely devastated. We all thought we were going to win. And um, you know uh, that that's that's but that's life, I suppose. And it's a it's a tough. I think our colleague Ben Glaze is just about getting over it, isn't he? Proud, <laughs> yes, I should have messaged him actually. I totally forgot. Um, so lots, as I say, lots have come up. I mean, there isn't necessarily big things in the diary at the moment. I think there's an awful lot of things that can chop and change. Um, those two dates that I mentioned about Commonwealth Day be interesting to see whether the Queen is up to attending. I spoke to someone yesterday and they said that she was, the reason why she wasn't doing the, the virtual engagements was mostly because she'd lost her voice or her, was sounding a bit croaky, they put it. So we do wish her well. Um, hopefully she is back on the mend. And um, and with a, you know, a couple of other things coming up, like the Duke of Edinburgh's memorial service, will we see Prince Harry? Do you think he'll come back over for it? I think, um, you know, we're heading into the Invictus Games in April as well, yeah. aren't we? So I'm sure we're going to see Harry uh, either, you know, at that service. He's got to come for that, surely. And then what's he going to do? Is he going to stay in the Netherlands for the whole of the Invictus Games or will he come to the UK for part of that time? Yeah, I think um, people looking to spot Harry, I think there's going to be some sightings. Well, he's, he's, he's put himself into a difficult position, to be honest, because the, the court case, which is ongoing against the British government, claiming that he can't come back to the UK or bring his family here because it's too dangerous. The fact that he'd had his uh, security stripped away from him by the Home Office is obviously an ongoing issue. Does that stop him from coming over here? I think if it was something like the, um, the Duke of Edinburgh's Thanksgiving service that that probably does change it somewhat because as the Home Office has said he would be offered special protected persons uh, a category and they would give him the appropriate support and protection um, if he was just popping over after or during the Invictus Games that would be quite different uh, would he feel safe enough to come over here with just his private security and then does that negate his complete argument that he's um he's uh he's battling against 
the the home office in the home court in the high court at the moment. I mean, it's all it's all a bit up in the air at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the Invictus Games are in the, in the Hague in the Netherlands. So if he goes there, for instance, with his family, then you know, I guess that's a, a situation for the government and uh, in the Netherlands to deal with his his security. Back that off to them. But I'm sure he'll come for the uh, memorial event. So and then, as you say, the Home Office will give him the relevant protection that is needed. I mean, I just can't understand. If he arrived at Heathrow Airport with his family to attend the service, I can't believe that they're going to leave some of them on the tarmac and put him in the car. It just doesn't make sense. No, no, exactly. I think that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a complex situation. I can't see how he wouldn't want to come, um, but whether he feels that, again, it, it, it weakens his argument if he, if he was to come over, which is quite sad, actually, because I'm sure that there were, it, uh, the, the, the whole entire family would, would want to be there for that occasion. But um, listen, thank you so much for joining us away from your couple of days off. I'll let you get back to your shopping. Well, you know, I try. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> and hopefully next week we'll have some um, more updates on the Cambridges tour. Um, there's no doubt going to be plenty of more updates on the Ukraine situation, not only from us, but I imagine the royal family as well. So watch this space. Uh, check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Podsave. And until next time. Podsave the Queen!